0: Share knowledge on emerging technology in the sports industry and how these technologies can help improve the performance of individuals and organizations, both on and off the playing field. And now, here's your host, Julian Blinn. So today we have the honor
1: to interview James Mayo, founder of SM Twenty Four, a non-invasive real-time biomarker analysis sensor company. So, James, welcome to the show. Hey, Julian, nice to see you. And yeah, thanks very much for having me on the show. No problem, Jim. So, hey, what I want to talk to you about today is, uh, first, we'll talk about your background, and then we'll yep. talk about your company, your product, how you got the idea, and then we'll talk about the benefits for the teams to use your product, and then we'll go over your business model, and then uh, your plans for the next 12 months. How does it sound? Sounds a plan. Let's jump in. Great. So, hey, to begin with, uh, could you start by telling us about your background? Yeah. So, first of all, I apologize that I'm English. Um, no <laughs> uh, <I> would... <laughs> <So>. <laughs> or
2: should I say, Logos Um yeah. So I was young kid, was a pro athlete. I ran track uh, 800 meters um, professionally for several years. And I also, my family was in the military for generations, and I joined the infantry as an officer. I spent six years in the army. Um, okay which was amazing really enjoyed it but there were a couple of things i learned from pro athletes and yeah. um also the military is that i wish i'd have been able to understand my biomarkers from a training perspective things like hydration glucose lactic uh and move that forward when i left the army i ended up in, in singapore where i hosted I was worked for ESPN Star Sports as one of their sort of journalist sportscasters. But also, more importantly, I was uh, employed by the Singapore Amateur Athletics Association to be their distance coach. So mm-hmm. I was responsible for, and Singapore is a very hot, very sweaty place.
1: I um, was going to say, very humid, right?
2: Yeah, distance athletes is not sort of particularly pretty. And part of that was also helping sort out the training program for the Singapore Marathon. So it's a wide-ranging uh, Skill set, uh, mm-hmm. but it was, I learned an awful lot about obviously dehydration, the the sports physiology side of life, and then uh, I left there, moved back to UK, joined a recruitment firm called Michael Page, where I moved around with them for several years, had a had a great mm-hmm. time, the sales side of business, and then when we were in San Francisco with my wife and my brother, came up with the idea for a hydration drink, uh, mm-hmm. which is. Now- sos that you can find in all the CDSs. um what we didn't like about the current sports drinks was the amount of sugar and the fact that it was doing more harm than good rather than just replacing the water intellectual so
1: and that's your company as well sos okay yeah sos
2: hydration uh comes in super simple easy sticks that you just pour into water and three to four times faster than just water alone And Um, which teams
1: are using you work with lots of different teams and leagues right correct yeah
2: but i I can't mention the teams we're using because they're all sponsored by a different brand.
1: Oh, so I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they're
2: buying the drink because there's. So yeah, but we've had. But a- they're buying
1: your product because they think maybe it's better.
2: Yeah, so they might be. They might have a different name on the bottle, but from Formula One to rugby to soccer to baseball to football, um, there's teams that are using it, which is which is awesome. Um, yeah. Move that a little bit forward. I actually started fainting when we were living in Boston after we left San Francisco started fainting that's a bit odd um you know I was still relatively healthy but travel and enjoying life and I discovered I was pre-diabetic and that was a real kicker because I was fortunate I got out of it um my better half who also formulated SOS she now is a she's a head transplant hepatologist at one of the leading um hospitals in the U.S. and but at that time she was sort of, she said, look, this is a bit weird. So I got myself tested. I then had to start taking my blood on a frequent basis, multiple times yeah. a day. And any of you that's taking blood, it's not something you sort of whip out at dinner and just say, excuse me, or, you know, it's it's very socially awkward. And tried the interstitial patches, the ones that you put on your shoulder uh, that go there. But what I found with those is that it wasn't accurate, as in, in terms, it wasn't real time. Mm-hmm it was all you know a sort of a 20 minute delay to blood and also this thing would catch peel off it took a while to sort of work so and it hurt if i put it in the wrong way as i said i was lucky i got out of being diabetic or and being pre-diabetic because i sorted out my diet i took up triathlons as one does um and i now do that for fun to keep me occupied and um but the that led me to To do triathlon just for hobby is pretty amazing yeah, it's crazy. Amazing. I'm not sure which, but um, I got yeah. my US vest, which was quite cool. So um okay. from, from the age group perspective. So that's a chuckle. Um but that led me to thinking, well, sweat is a byproduct of blood.
1: Mm-hmm. So a reflection, why, you would say it's a reflection of the blood.
2: Correct. Now everything you should be able to find in blood, provided you've got the right there's the right concentration still in sweat, you should be able to find it there are various sweat monitors out there who are doing a sort of a cracking job, mainly in the hydration space, but yeah. their modus operandi is to pull sweat and then measure it once they've got a sort of a bucket full. Um, and that to me was, is great for what they're using it for. But from my perspective, I wanted to look at glucose. I wanted to look at lactic, um, and then hydration or other biomarkers later. But yeah. the key goal was I didn't want people to have to be sweating profusely for it to work and the second one is i needed some form of accuracy to blood and I was third, going to say yes and i heard your sensor is pretty damn accurate
0: right? yeah it's
2: um my co-founder coralie uh yeah. who joined me with this adventure she's a rock star um she's got 30 years of sensing experience she's really the sort of the brains behind yeah. this um and that was that's been supported by imperial college in london <laughs> um who are helping who have been helping develop the sensor um and what we've got to is a stage where we have a sensor that uses electrochemical sensing to mm-hmm. basically chemical sensing sorry to measure as it comes out the pores basically your sweat and it can find glucose within you know milliseconds of it sort of coming out so as it's a result it's
1: quick and it's you don't need a small portion a small quantity correct right. and more importantly you don't need to have been sweating beforehand you mean it's definitely- a product it's a, it's dangerous for the teams because if you have a guy who's already dehydrated and you ask him to sweat for another 20 30 minutes it's it's counterproductive right
2: correct but also these you know the interstitial patches the sweat monitors you're getting data after it's happened right. so you know from a glucose if you need to fuel well if you're 20 minutes behind you're already cooked so yeah. Same with the lactic, we all know, look at the Tour de France cyclists, Mm -hmm. you know, you see them going up some mountain, as soon as they go past their red line, they're in a mess. Now imagine, um, and this is where our focus from SM24 is, imagine the fact that I could tell you when to fuel, when to hydrate, what pace to train at, when to burn carbs, when to burn fat, and more importantly, the one that no one really talks about but is the most important is the recovery angle. if you use a lactic you can understand the lactic now there are lactic monitors out there you know with your various Mm -hmm. for and things like that but it's all based off a an algorithm off your heart rather than an exact science so we've got to the stage where our prototype is now finished um Mm -hmm. it's we've worked out the algorithm to convert sweat glucose to blood glucose and as you said we are correlating beautifully to blood. We are 20 minutes
1: quicker. We've got multiple patents on the device, which is And great. you've done competitive analysis with other sensors when you were able to correlate the accuracy, right? Yeah, well. which, which
2: is super. So that's then led to, we're in the process of fundraising to go and sort of drive that forward um, yeah. to basically build a finished device. We mm-hmm. are going to file it as a 510K, as a medical device. We don't need that from the sports perspective. But seeing Theranos and seeing other devices that haven't gone that route, we can still use it, trial it, play with it on the sports side, um, because obviously they're the early adopters. But I want truth and I want backup. Just the same with SOS Hydration, we're backed in independent research. We're backed in the fact that we can claim we are, you know, what we say we are. And I want the same with SM24 And and the rest of the team. So this next phase is finishing the manufactured product, taking it then through, but then start, we've got various teams on board. Again, I can't mention the teams at the moment, but to I start them. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. is fun and it's yeah. to start testing it on them, but more importantly, give them that data because they've got how far they're running. They've got their GPS, they've got their movements, mm-hmm. but they don't have that, certainly the core two, and it'll be glucose and lactic we start with first and we'll add other biomarkers later, maybe cortisol from a stress perspective. Yeah. Um, so, and our model is very much B2B. We don't plan on going direct to the consumer as an in individual yeah. user. We plan on working hard with the teams, the military. Um, mm-hmm. As we all know, half of the um, medical, you know, the, the health systems of this world would love to have something, you know, as you move through the early adopters mm-hmm. of sports to the healthcare systems and everything else to give patients that access. Um, And we also know many of the large health, sport, tech organizations would like some form of ability to measure those biomarkers. So it's a B2B model that we're focusing on um, uh, because other people have the customers and we know the customers are there. uh, But with with an open AI, so we can just put it into, let's use a sports team. Sports team have their own data aggregation unit. They've probably got something that collates all of the data. Oh, there's
1: AMS platform, right? Most of the team use AMS platform, Kitman, Kindux, Smart those guys. Yeah,
2: so it's easy for us just to use our AI, and it's our magic is not just the sensor. Obviously, that's part of the magic, but the other magic is giving them the number because yeah. the sensor is totally useless without the number, so we'll give the teams the number that they need, which will correlate, which will be the blood glucose number, So then they're not trying to recompute it in their head. We'll basically give them the end solution. And if the teams aren't set up on a AMS or want to keep it separate, Mm we've already developed our own app. um, And that's all sort of ready to go to be linked and everything else. So it's an an exciting piece ahead of us. And um, certainly from a team's perspective, it's something that I think when we were sort of chatting and just looking at the research, they're looking to get that that extra five percent or two percent or one percent even from their athletes. And yep. this is something that can definitely help.
1: So Eddie Jones, right, who I used to work when he was the coach of England rugby told me, and I did a podcast with him. He yep. said, I'm looking for that one to two percent advantage, performance advantage. That's what I need. So this is the kind of stuff that could help him or any team to get there, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
2: I mean it's it's exciting um to see where sort of that goes. So it's it's definitely it's definitely fun and it's a nice evolution in terms of what's currently out there um, but also using something that finally you don't have to shove a needle even these micro needles right. you know micro patches and micro needles they say there's there's no needle there's still a filament which is still basically something that's going into your arm so let's we've got something that doesn't need that and you can take it off put it on if you only want if the teams want to get their players to use it 24 hours a day for a couple of weeks perfect. they only use it for during a game or before a game or after a game perfect
1: and can you tell me about the size of the patch how small is it
2: yeah the sensor's not much bigger than a pen tip Um, okay and the actual patch or band uh will be no bigger than the current interstitial bands micro needle band patches that are out there so think of something that could fit on a watch um, or something like that or as a
1: basically a band-aid with the sensor embedded into it. That and you would
2: you be able
1: to put the, the, the sensor on the on the wrist, on the on the on the chest? You want to wear
2: it, if you want to wear it on your forehead, you can wear it on your forehead. If you you know obviously with your t-shirt, Rafa Nadell, he'd go do great because he likes his sweatbands. Um but no forehead, arm, back, anywhere on the body. So you're not constrained like many things to certain areas. Um it's And we certainly see from certain games, those that require, say, hitting, catching, striking, something where the arm is everything, if you've got some form of filament in your arm, that's a distraction. So, therefore, with SM24, you won't need to wear it on your arm if you don't want to.
1: Okay. And there's no preferred location on the body in particular?
2: No. Um, really, you can, I mean, you don't want to wear it in certain areas.
1: just from the right, arm. right, right, right.
2: Um, but no, there isn't really a, a place, okay. although, interestingly enough, the forehead from a sweat perspective is the best place, but that's not somewhere that we're going to be. Oh, you
1: can put your, I mean, Rafa could put his headband on top of it. Yeah, correct. We will see. Um, so, hey, um, so can you, what kind of connectivity will you be able to, you can connect it to a, a phone or a laptop or yeah, Bluetooth, Bluetooth or
2: Wi-Fi? Simple Bluetooth connectivity. Um, so you can connect it to your phone, um, Wi-Fi.
1: You know, iPad, computer, whatever. Okay, and so what's the uh, the battery life of the patch? Yeah, so that's something we're currently
2: working out at the moment. We expect the the sensor to last a couple of weeks. Um, but the the beauty is that um, from a battery perspective, we'll look at one of those rechargeable batteries that they've got on most of the sports watches nowadays that yeah. last. You know, everyone expects those batteries to last maybe well in some cases a week up to Mm -hmm. two. Um, Our sensor needs to be changed out. But the beautiful thing about what we're looking at is, there'll be a base unit. um, And then the sensor just connects in and out. So rather than throwing away the battery and everything else, which is obviously not great for the environment, the sensor sensor will just be the bit that's disposed of. And you keep the the battery and the hardware all in one place.
1: And is the patched uh, uh,
2: single use or multiple use? you can wear it for a couple of weeks um, some
1: of the sensors that we've had we've used for you know a couple of months so one of the issues with some of the other like hydration patches is that it's single use only yeah and this is again that's
2: because it's filling up that bucket of sweat um the right. beauty of ours is we do we measure sweat but just in a different way and the adventure is that it's not when the sensor stops working after a couple of weeks or whatever it just stops working so you can wear it full time if you want or you know, depending on how it is, you can just put it on,
1: take it off, put it back on again. And okay. it takes about a minute to get a reading. Uh, oh, a minute? Wow, it's pretty fast. Um, now, can you tell, how will you summarize the benefits for athletes and team to use your product? And what yeah. are the use cases? How? You talk about recovery, for example. Um, so, well, first is fueling. Um, yeah. Going
2: into a game, post a game, during a game. If you can understand where your glucose levels are, then you've got that. And you've, you've got it set and you've got something. So that's the first one. The second one is the lactic side of life. Lactic tells you your pace in terms of obviously if you're into the VO2 max, so I Mm -hmm. screaming out your eyes and about to collapse to looking to use it to recover, or in some cases burn fat or burn carbs. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you've got other biomarkers you can look at. The biggest advantages are that it doesn't take an hour before it works. So you can just put it on. The second one is it's not invasive. The yeah. third one is it's correlates to blood, which yeah. means that you're not trying to do some back calculation. The fourth one is it doesn't need to be anywhere on the body. Um, and the fifth one is that these interstitial patches at the moment, these micro needles at the moment can't measure lactic and other biomarkers. The beautiful thing about SN24 is that we can measure other biomarkers, and we already we've already seen it in our testing so yeah. we bring that into rather than a current team having to buy a hydration sensor a glucose monitor and get lactic testing which used to be in the year they yeah. could just to sm 24 and it's got everything all in one area the space it's like a swiss army
1: knife yeah basically yeah, all the biomarkers into one
2: yeah now we're not going to rush all of them you know lactic and glucose are the two to start with yeah. um but that's from a team's perspective, that's great. And they're small, they travel, you can recharge the batteries. Yeah. Um, so it's a it's a nice,
1: simple, I think the, the goal is just keeping it simple. Yeah. Now you talk about some of your competitive advantages, but how would you summarize in a few sentences or what do you think are, what makes you different? Non-invasive,
2: Yeah. continuous, real time. So you're actually seeing, you can action something as it's happening, rather than yeah. after, the and um
1: multiple biomarkers and the accuracy too, right? Well, of course, yeah. Because I uh, mean, I when I met Dr. Correlation, yeah, she was just showing me a graph where you compare the blood, right, versus your marker. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty damn close, right?
2: Yeah, it's it's well within the fifteen percent FDA sort of variation limit, which is amazing. And I think
1: if you compare that against some other hydration yeah. patches, it might be. Not not that close though.
2: Yeah, well the thing is with we don't measure hydration at the moment, so we can't measure okay. with measuring hydration. So I can't comment to that. The only benefit is obviously that we can see ours measures multiple times a second, whereas yeah.
1: ours just once. Yeah, that makes sense. So now can you tell me a bit more about your so when it's going to be available? Well first of all, when is it going to be available? And when it's available, what's going to be the kind of the business model pricing or things like that? Yeah, so the pricing still to
2: be set. I mean, yeah, no. um, but the it's going to be competitive. I mean, we True. know what's currently being charged out there, so um, we can make we can work within those sort of parameters. The second one is obviously it's selling it to teams and everything, that, teams and military and um various other users um that would benefit from it. So B two B to C sort of model or B two B model, um, and in terms of availability we once we finish this sort of funding round we're about mm-hmm. six, nine months away from getting the finished product into teams and getting them to start to use it so and then after that um
1: you're probably a year to 18 months from being able to start sort of selling it okay and do you see a a better fit for certain sports and leagues maybe it's um i don't know soccer versus basketball or hockey or that's... to be
2: honest it's it's any sport i mean basketball because of the cramping issues, because it's so, you know, stop, start and go. And then the the baseball, because of the amount of travel, the number of games from the recovery, clearly triathlon cycling. I mean, I'd love it for my triathlons, but that's a biased approach. Um, Soccer, the fact that, you know, they've got 90 minutes, they're playing there. Well, it's now more because they've extended the injury time. Um, So all of that optimization, basically any sport that needs the athletes to be conditioned and optimized for their peak performance, but mm-hmm. also the peak recovery, because after them running around like headless chickens, then in a, you know, in a positive way, they need to recover. And yeah. that's something that's sort of critical. Same with motor racing and everything else.
1: Yeah. And tennis as well, right? Tennis, I think. Yeah. Rugby, right. Yeah. Tennis,
2: every, literally tennis, every sport you can sort of think of, um, and even, strangely enough, the esports, um, because it's whilst it's stationary to an extent, it's still very cognitive. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and they're still wanting, they still have to be in good performance condition to make things sort of happen. So, yeah. No
1: yeah. uh, Last question. So what, what are your plans for the next 12 months? What are you trying to achieve? You mentioned raise money. Um, I mean, you got to deliver the product, sell it. Uh, and all that stuff, right? So so the next 12 months, obviously,
2: complete the fundraising and then build the final product for sale. Um, that's, yeah. manufactured, that's no longer sort of from a lab, so to speak. I mean, it will still be built in a lab, but it won't be, you know, it'll be repeatable and yeah. everything else. Um, and that gives us the opportunity to have thousands of them to put onto teams to get it moving and start. Mm-hmm. It's all about the data coming back to, you know, where we came from with SOS is and where we're still going with SOS is the more proof points and touch points you have, the better the trust factor is. And, you know, working with pro teams, the first couple of teams that we'll be working with, it's super exciting because they get to learn from us. We get to learn from them. They get advantage over their competition and
1: we build, you know, long lasting relationships uh, to sort of take it forward from that. and then you can also your device will be able to understand the baseline for yeah. each athlete right and you mentioned algorithm will you yep. provide some actionable health insights
2: no because that starts getting into that like stuff yeah. but also it's a medical device is it yes. but the nice thing with the algorithm that correlates to blood people know what to do with your blood glucose or your blood lactate yeah so by us giving them that number they've got the answers to that piece. So, yeah. you know, we can give them, as an example, from the blood lactic, they'll be able to calculate their five zones mm-hmm. or six, depending on where you come from. Um, and the same with the
1: blood glucose, you'll know where you are and so on and so forth. And then clearly... Uh, well, look, uh, that's exciting. Uh, can't wait to try the product when it's available. Oh, um, okay. Thank you. And so good luck with everything. And um, I'm sure it's going to be great. So thank you. Merci, un
0: Keep looking to the upside.